From Relay FM, this is Download, episode 27, recorded October 26th, 2017. Mutants like us. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I'm Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined this week by, I must say, a super fine panel of guests. We have Megan Maroney, host of Tech News Weekly on Twitter. Megan, how are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me back. I'm going to hope not to do anything that will keep you from having me back again. <laughs> Everyone just one strike away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we are also joined by Micah Sargent, host of Clockwise and Disruption on Relay and senior editor at Mobile Nations. Micah, how is how are you this fine Thursday morning? I'm doing so well. Fall is settling in. I'm I'm wearing a nice sweater. I just I feel really good. It's finally fall. I know. Well, it's it's almost November, so it's I guess it's about time, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and we're also joined by Andy Nako of the Chicago Sun Times and co-host of the Material Podcast. Welcome, Andy. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's nice to finally be able to like use the long sleeved clothing that we've been sort of eyeing salaciously for the past month and a half mm-hmm. like it's, it's nice to uh, in, a, in a nutshell it's nice to have pockets again yeah normally we have pockets <laughs> by early september we've had to wait till almost november yeah we're going through the thing at our household we because it's very hot here in the summer and then we have nice winters too and so we kind of bring the winter clothes down from the attic and realizing that basically all three of our children need new winter clothes it's like oh this is going to be an expensive week in our household but uh but that's a story for a different time we're here to talk about tech jason snell is on special assignment so none of us are in the snell zone this week uh we're just podcasting partners that pass each other on the vast ocean of skype one day we'll be together again and this is getting weird so we're going to get into topic one the most interesting stories of the week as chosen by me i guess because uh, there's no jason So we are a couple of weeks into the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL being on sale. You can order them. You can get them. Uh, But the larger of the two phones seems to be running into some issues. In those initial reviews, some journalists had noted that the colors on the OLED display would shift and kind of appear blue-tinted when held off-axis. But now the reports of burn-in appearing on some models... Others are hearing a hissing sound from their devices, something that occurred on the iPhone 7 models this time last year. Uh, Some of us know quite a bit about. But the smaller Pixel 2, which uses an OLED display from Samsung and not LG, appears to be unaffected by these issues. So if you bought the regular Pixel 2, you seem to be avoiding all the the pain that some XL owners are having. I'm curious what you guys think about this. You know, Andy, I know uh, you, um, Terry, you guys have been talking a lot about these phones. Do these problems seem widespread, or is this just uh, maybe a handful of devices and there'll be a bumpy start and then things may smooth out? Uh, we have to stay tuned, I think, because we're, uh, this is the first time that uh, the phone has gone from having a couple of hundred users in the wild to now a couple of hundred thousand users. At that point, the law of averages started to creep up. Uh, and OLED screens, they have a really horrific reject rate at the factory. So it's possible that they're not, the quality control just needs to be tightened up a little bit. And over the next couple of months, anybody who has a complaint or has a big enough problem that they want to complain, they'll get swapped out with a doubly, triply, super double secret uh, 
certified OLED screen and they'll be happy. If it were a real defect that affects everything, I think we would be hearing a lot more about it from a lot more people. It's, it's also really interesting when you read the reviews from uh, these people who've had the phone for about a week, week and a half, a lot of them have mentioned this, but they uh, many of them didn't say, oh my God, this burn-in problem is horrible. Oh geez, look how grainy this display looks like when the, when the, when the light is kind of low. They are saying that, well, I noticed it, but I can live with it. I don't think it's a big problem. Uh, so I think a, lo a lot of people who paid 800 bucks for this phone are going to have to ask for, ask themselves if they start to see uh, burn-in like at the bottom of the screen or if they don't like the color uh, that they're getting, if they really don't like this off-axis problem of uh, that's uh, really is more associated with early OLED panels than the mo modern kind, like with the Samsung kind. If that's a big problem, they will probably, if they bought it from Google, they got two weeks to just simply get return it and get a refund. If they bought it from a local store, they'll pay a restocking fee. The people are just going to have to figure out if they like it or not. I think it's interesting that Google hasn't really come out and said anything official about it. And they, they talked to The Verge and I think they talked to 9to5Google and said, you know, we're looking into it. But, uh, you know, and I expected all week for them to come out with more of a specific statement about what was going on. Is it burn-in? Is it just image persistence? Um, you know, are you holding it wrong? Something like that. But they, they, <laughs> they, they haven't said anything. And I guess now it seems like I think that what you're saying, Andy, about the law of averages, like this is not that many uh, phones. That's probably their tactic was the more they say, the worse it looks. So, I mean, it, it looks bad to us as, you know, journalists following the daily tech news every day that, you know, why haven't they said anything? But to everybody else, it's just like they, you know, they've, they're not really paying attention. So I don't know. I, I think that um, with the Google Home mini problem and then this, like a lot of them made by Google, um, you know, it's a lot of mistakes. But are they worse than mistakes that, you know, Apple made in the beginning of their, you know, creation of hardware, um, you know, phones specifically? I don't know. And I, I, th I think it's interesting, you know, it's so easy for all of us uh, who, who work in this field to see these problems as potentially, you know, these big things uh, that are going to sort of shape the, the sales of these devices. But have these problems permeated out into the real world, <laughs> which is the opposite of the world we live in? No, uh, have these problems, you know, gotten out to the, the mainstream and, you know, somebody who walks into uh, an AT&T store looking for a new phone who gets recommended maybe the, the the Pixel 2 XL or something like that. It's, well, I guess it's not with AT&T. Anyway, my point is whether or not people know about this and are, you know, it, whether it shapes sales is an interesting thing because it, it, sometimes things get out there and sometimes they don't. And it, it's uh, interesting hearing like how the, the, the face ID stuff uh, definitely got out there and people had questions about that, but have this, have these issues with, with the color being strange and with burn in um, have those gotten out to the, the mainstream yet. So, well, I guess we'll see like how, how sales are shaped, but I definitely agree that it's very odd how little we've heard from Google itself on this and sort of uh, like it'd just be nice to know what went into the decisions on screen calibration and things like that. Yeah, it's also needs to point out that 
Apple has a really big advantage when they launch a new phone and that they have Apple stores where people are going to come back into these exact points of contact. Uh, it's uh, it's known that Apple often will have will give each store sort of like a hunting license saying that we want to see three uh, we want you to capture three phones that have a cracked screen. We want you to capture at least two or three phones that have a dead pixel. If there's uh, we want one that hums and those are the ones where you we will just simply swap out a brand new one the so the the one that the the user is complaining about goes into no joke it's like a it's like a black plastic case looks exactly like the torpedo that they fi they fired spock's remains into the genesis planet in and star trek 2 and this goes right back to cupertino to the engineers because they are now getting these things back to look at what people are experiencing and what's going wrong and that will affect the how they assemble these things that will affect quality control it might even affect a revision b to the hardware Whereas Google, they not only are they shipping a, a lower volume of this, they got a whole bunch of buffers between the user and the mothership to get this information back. Uh, and I mean, you, you made a good point. There's, it's our job as nerds and as uh, commentators to be the ones to say, well, here's the kind of pentile screen that it's using for this, and here's what, uh, here's uh, what, here's how uh, the difference between uh, persistence of imagery and actual burn-in. A lot of people, though, I think the majority of people, they walk into the AT and T store, the Verizon store. They, it's been a couple of years since they've gotten a new phone, or they've been dealing with a cracked screen for now eight or nine months. They know that new phones are out. They are determined to spend no more than seventeen and a half minutes. In that store and they're going to walk out after spending no more than 731 dollars on a brand new phone and so they might ignore all of our incredibly sophisticated technical advice and say "Ooh, that one's blue i like the blue sell me the blue phone Yep, I think I think that that's uh, that's exactly right. Like that that mirrors the uh, the experience that I've seen whenever it comes to sort of uh, what I like to call the norms. Uh, the people who are not steeped in tech going into one of these stores and just like, hey, I just need an upgrade. I, I'm looking for a new thing, and they go in and they get a new thing. And like when you're just looking at the phone itself, and that's all you look at, it's sort of uh, difficult, I think, to tell, you know, with, with image persistence and those issues, the, the hissing and things like that, that's a whole different story. But when it comes to just the display and it being a, a duller, uh, potentially grainy type of, of display, uh, if you're not comparing it to anything else, and if you don't know to compare it to anything else, I wonder uh, just how much you're going to be able to see a difference. Because it's one of those things where I think when someone's like, oh, you've got the Pixel 2X I heard that has a weird screen. And then suddenly you look at it and it just looks like the most horrible thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but it's only because of I pointed it the out. The scales fall from your eyes. You know, I, th <laughs> I think that conversation about like the, the consumer market is really interesting. But the, the Pixel phones, uh, I think to a lesser degree than the Nexus line before them, but they are relatively, in, you know, enthusiast aimed phones, right? They're, they're expensive. A lot of people just don't know that they exist, and so I, I, the people that I know who are excited about this phone are you know, the nerdy Android type users who who want the greatest, who want a clean Android experience. And I wonder, those are the type of users who do care about this, you know, quite deeply. You know, maybe uh, some random person who ends up with one won't notice, but I think the enthusiasts definitely will, and they're the people reading these reviews and listening to podcasts about it. And I just wonder. How much capital Google has has sort of wasted away now 
on this device? Like, is is this going to be a thing that, you know, maybe this phone gets written off by people who wanted it and they, they do something else for a year. And then when the Pixel 3 comes out, you know, is Google going to have a trust issue with those enthusiast users or or is this going to be something that, you know, some people can kind of stand or some people just avoid it for a year, but, but are still excited about what's to come? I completely agree. I think there's so many people that just are on the, you know, Nexus then made by Google bandwagon and they're in it and, you know, they they feel let down. They're like, oh, you know, I was... I was taking all of the flack from my friends making fun of me, like, what phone is that? And, you know, you're not giving me what I want as, a, you know, a high-end user. Like, whether or not they can actually see the burn-in, you know, they, they read, you know, constantly read the reviews, follow all the people on Twitter writing about it, and just kind of feel a sense of, that's what I felt around the people that that I know that are waiting for theirs. They're kind of let down and they, they haven't canceled their order necessarily because they're still afraid. Well, if I cancel it now and then it turns out to be nothing and then I'll have to get back in line, that sort of thing. So yeah, I think that they are, I was thinking about this this morning because they, the Chromebook reviews came out and they're pretty good. And I was thinking, well, okay, well now Google, at least they have this, but I mean, that's a very niche product as well. Like you're talking about a very small audience of people who want this kind of hardware. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I, when I spend that kind of a money, that kind of money on anything, like if I, for if I bought a hundred dollar phone last month that I really really like, and it's okay if the case doesn't fit together quite so well, and if there were kind of a tint to the screen, I'm going to give it some allowances for that. But if I've already sent in seven hundred bucks for what I what was sold to me as a premium product, boy, that thing has to be kind of perfect. And yeah. if uh, I, I don't care if the if the burden is barely noticeable, it's noticeable to me and I'm going to send it back and tell you to please send me another one or I'm going to say, please give me my money back. And I won't be angry about it. I'll just say that for seven hundred and twenty five dollars, I really expect it to be the fit and function to be spot on and perfect. Stephen, I'm yeah. curious mostly if you, regarding the hissing, have you contacted the person <laughs> who figured out the hissing in the Pixel and like helped him walk through what it's like to suddenly be famous about your hissing phone? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some sort of mystical connection uh, between us. Uh, you know, I, some of the stuff, you know, I think will, will sort of wash away with the sands of time. Like no one really remembers the you know, the various little things the iPhones have gone through or Samsung's gone through. Uh, I mean, in, in the in the wake of the Note 7, nothing seems like a big deal. <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious, you know, if, if someone, you know, people who, who look to your coverage, the three of you as, as tech journalists or people in your lives asking about this phone, can you guys still recommend the Pixel 2 XL or would you put an asterisk on it now? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, see, okay, <laughs> I would, I, I guess I would be uh, a little worried that you know you recommend this device and then uh, Lucy, you've got some splaining to do whenever they do come across this information and they're like, hey. I just saw that this and this and this and this, why'd you recommend this to me? Uh, that would not be a fun conversation to have, even if it's like not that big of a deal. Um, you know, as far as the, the screen, you know, being a, a different saturation and all that jazz, the other things are like, then I would recommend that you take it back. But in terms of, of these issues, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, if you're super, super, super into Android and you want the pure experience, maybe wait to see how Google responds 
responds if they ever really do, and then uh, what they're what they're thinking about doing to sort of rectify the issue. Uh, and if they don't, then you know, if this is something that you absolutely want, go ahead and get it. And, you know, if you end up having the hissing issue or the the, the image retention issue or the burn-in issue, then that's a situation where you can take the device back and say, I want a new one that doesn't do these things. As far as the screen goes, you know, many people are saying that this is a choice that was made. And so that's just a situation where maybe Google fixes things in the software <laughs> or they change the calibration or something like that. So, yeah, I guess that'd be sort of a, a tough topic where I'd be like, are you sure you really want the pure Android experience? Okay, now we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I would I would keep to a, my recommendation. I still think it's a it's a terrific phone. Uh, it's saved by a lot of this. A lot of this stuff becomes not irrelevant but less important by virtue of the fact that you don't even have to give Google a reason to send back this phone if you bought it directly from the from the plate from the, the uh, Google store you don't have to explain why you can just simply say that I saw a bird and that bird ate two worms instead of three worms and for that reason I'm for that reason I'm returning this phone and I expect a full <laughs> refund so really for any reason you can send it back so if you do find that it's a jarring experience that there's some defects in there and you don't want to simply send it back and get get it swapped out for something else that it'll you, you got a safety net underneath you also it's still a really a premium experience uh, stuff uh, stuff like uh, um, the uh, visual core uh, support that's coming to everything in uh, in uh, android 8.1 that all, all the stuff you can do with image processing with the special system on a chip they've put on for machine learning uh, help with uh, your photo processing that could then in android 8.1 be used for all kinds of machine learning uh, models that not even stuff that's related to image processing that makes it a very interesting phone for the future um i still i i every year just as a consumer i always have that little argument between myself uh for Yes, you like a larger phone, but do you like it enough to spend an extra hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars for it? And so I probably wouldn't. I would probably be talking myself out of the XL and into the regular Pixel too, uh, probably because I also often travel with an iPad, so I got that big, lovely, large screen loveliness with me, whatever wherever I go. Um, and also, I try to talk myself out of simply buying a new phone just because it's a really cool new phone. <laughs> I think that uh, it's really hard to put my finger on something that, for instance, the iPhone 8 does, and I love the iPhone 8, that can't be handled with my most with my iPhone 6 Plus, which is the most recent iPhone that I actually own. So if I were to buy a new iPhone, I'd probably have to skip this, maybe check out the iPhone 10, and even then be comfortable with the idea i can send it back in two weeks we i think we we tend to talk ourselves into buying the new shiny shiny as opposed to asking ourselves what opportunity will this new hardware create for myself or what problem will this solve for me and if you can't think of good answers to either of those hold on to your seven to eight hundred bucks and ne next year you'll be able to get a much nicer phone for the same amount of money probably probably wise words as we're going to talk about iphone 10 pre-orders in a little <laughs> while uh we're going to get to that but first i want to tell you about our first sponsor, and that is MailRoute. MailRoute is a secure, hosted email filtering service that you can have up and running in just minutes. MailRoute gets rid of spam and viruses so you don't have to. And you can trust MailRoute to get the job done. They've been doing this longer than anyone else. For the last 20 years, they've been leading the way in email security. They are the trusted authority. 
And because they are just so good at what they do, MailRoute has the highest uptime guarantee in the industry, 99.999. That's a lot of nines percent. That's that's so many nines. MailRoute, they have all the nines. <laughs> uh, Jason likes to read some of his spam subjects at this point, and I'm going to do the same. And there's a little bit of a trend this week in my spam. A lot of people are concerned that I have broken files. Stephen Hackett, you have broken photos. The only thing in this email is a link to a JPEG that I'm definitely not clicking. A little bit further down, uh, someone says that they're Evernote, but it's misspelled. Image has been damaged. It's 493 kilobytes. Again, a button that I'm not going to click. And lastly, a little bit further down, a couple days previous, your files aren't loading. I don't know what files they are, but they're not loading. But MailRoute is taking care of that for me. They send an email summary uh, at the end of the week so you can see everything they filtered out. A nice big overview so you don't have to go diving in your junk box. If there's something you want to see that they may be caught with one click, you can change their filtering rules and it will show up in your inbox from now on. You can find out more about MailRoute today by going to mailroute.net slash download FM. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and 10% off the lifetime of your account. And if you need it, MailRoute will even price match a competitor's contract. Thank you so much to MailRoute for their support of this show and RelayFM. So moving on, it's another week, and that means another Amazon announcement. Th- these guys are really good at staying in the news cycles. Every, every 10 days is an Amazon event uh, or an announcement or a press release. This week, it is Amazon Key, a service uh, that allows delivery people to enter your home and leave a package safe and sound in your entryway. It's powered by a smart lock coupled with a camera, so you know what's going on in your home when you're away. For $249, Amazon will sell you a bundle that includes a smart lock, a connected camera, and free installation. Once the system is in place, uh, in-home delivery can uh, begin to appear as an option when you order on Amazon. There's no additional charge for that, but we should note that uh, some things are, are too big and bulky for them to do this, and it's limited to cities where Amazon Logistics handles the drop-off, so not UPS or the Postal Service. For instance, it's not available where I live. Amazon Logistics isn't here. Uh, but if you aren't into that, you can pick up just the camera for 120 bucks. So they're selling the, the camera as a standalone thing. Uh, I had a pretty strong reaction to this when I saw this, uh, and I'm curious, Micah, I know you spend a lot of time on home technology, Internet of Things type stuff. How do you feel about Amazon Key? <sighs> well, I also had a strong reaction at first. I would never, I could never, how could anyone? Um, I've since sort of calmed down uh, to think about this. And, you know, I got I to gotta check my privilege at the door because I work from home. And I never have to worry about, like, not getting my packages because uh, I can walk up to the door. Although most times I don't even do that. I just let them knock. They, the package gets <laughs> left at the doorstep and I go get it later whenever I have time. Um, so here's the deal. I, I, like, there are probably people out there who are more trusting uh, than I am. Uh, I also – there are probably people out there who aren't constantly worried that, like, their dogs are going to be harmed by a stranger uh like that that's my biggest thing is is my dogs uh are are very likely to go up and greet somebody and um sometimes people don't like tiny dogs and yeah that that's just like a a nightmare uh in my mind now here's the deal i like how this works and you know if there was ever going to be any sort of um 
let somebody in to drop off a package idea, I think this is a pretty good one because um, you walk up, the, 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 the person walks up that's delivering, they scan a barcode, it gets sent to the server, the server says, yes, this is the person, or this is the barcode that's supposed to be here, and the camera starts. They open up the door, well, the door unlocks, they open up the door, they walk in, the camera's recording them, then they're supposed to close the door, scan the barcode again, that locks the door, and they go away. You immediately get a notification with a little video clip that shows you uh, what's gone down, what's just happened. In that sense, it's, you know, the, 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 I think one of the safest ways that you're going to be able to let a stranger into your home to leave a package. And it's sort of this meant to be a quick uh, experience that, that isn't supposed to last very long. If I was doing this, I would put the lock and the, the camera in my, like on the garage door and not the actual garage door that lifts up, but like a, you know, side door and put the camera in the garage and then let somebody into my garage. That way they can't like get access to my main house, but that way they also get to leave the package inside. So I think there are some ways to sort of mitigate the, the concern of having a stranger in your home, but I don't think that this is inherently a terrible, you know, horrible idea that could never work or anything like that. People who aren't able to be home, who are worried about their packages being stolen, uh, I think this makes sense, and uh, I'm glad that, I guess, somebody's trying it at the very least, and we'll see how well it does. Yeah, I, I think that this is a this is a prime example of an early believer type of product, just like there are... <laughs> I like that. There, there, there are a lot of products like the very first generation iPhone, like the first Tesla, where there are a lot of downsides and a lot of blanks that have not been filled in about what to worry about. But there are going to be people for whom, oh my God, I've been praying for something like this for years. Or uh, I think that I've always wondered, since I have a smart lock already, why can't I just simply be at my office and when something needs to be delivered, just... They, they page me, they, they text me, I'll, I unlock it to give them like 30 seconds of access so they can throw it inside the door or drop it very carefully. And then I have locked the door. Why can't I do this? And so there are going to be a lot of people who, like you said, they their their weeks have been amazingly disrupted by the simple fact that they need to be home for exactly five minutes out of a 16-hour day. And that's going to ruin their entire day because they don't know when that thing is going to be coming. Um so, so, and it's not like drones where I have to worry that if they screw this up, I'll be having being dive bombed with burritos in the middle of the day, <laughs> inconvenience myself during the during my daily walk. So, I'm I'm really curious to see how well this works. Uh, I I read so much about it uh, yesterday, including every every little tiny piece of text they have on Amazon's site about this, uh, where they're saying, for now, if you have uh, pets, we are recommending that you either not use this service or make sure that on the day that you're expecting a delivery you have them penned up someplace where they can't get out um i'm thinking i'm, I'm more worried about like your, your your cat gets out and now oh god what is the <laughs> did, did, what what is the what is their responsibility for chasing after your cat if your cat gets out of the house uh, or are you expected to buy a 50 dollar uh, 50 dollar collar so that the cat can be tracked uh, and also it's buying habits uh, also monitored very closely for future automatic orders there 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 are just a lot of things to to wonder about um I have a, I'm a little bit lucky. Not only not only do I you know, stay in my house, uh, work out of my house all day, but also my house has uh, sort of like a, a sort of like an airlock 
uh, where it's like a, a really nicely built in. It used to be an open air porch, but then it was turned into sort of like a, a sunroom or a front room or a mudroom. So I could have uh, have this uh, this service on the very outside door of my house but still the second door that also has a de- deadbolt that stays locked so that the delivery person can certainly get into that controlled and locked in porch but they can't get in where the tv or the bathroom is, is isn't it weird that was the other thing i was worried about are they gonna like go in and use my bathroom like <laughs> they, oh my lord because I, i've had that happen where there's a delivery person or something's like can i use your bathroom and i just don't i i don't want this person to have an accident in their pants but i don't want a stranger to use my bathroom man but i will again i'll let the early believers in this sign up for this try it out and then when we see (laughs) we definitely need to screenshot like all the rules and all the terms and all the frequently asked questions and see what new stuff gets added in eight months (laughs) (laughs) because you know that some some amazingly awkward situation forced (laughs) forced the addition of rule two subsection three I love that that early believer uh, term. That's a really good term. I think they're going to add a little checkbox. It's like pay ten extra dollars. That's called the chase a pet fee. <laughs> and then if you pay that ten dollars and the pet gets out, they'll go after them. But there's rules, you know. If 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 the cat ends up in the tree, then they're not responsible. Uh, if the dog goes more than two blocks, then they're not responsible. Uh, no, I, I I doubt that that would ever well, that, happen. That, but that, um, that's when you send out the Amazon drones to give give the there you go. It'll be it'll be it'll be like one of those police chase videos in LA where there're the cars <laughs> on the ground but there's also the helicopters. I love it. So, so they're also that, creating see, content for for Amazon Prime Video. It's a win win win. <laughs> there you go. And you also, instead of just getting a short video of somebody creaking open the door and dropping off a package, you get this great uh, time lapse video with uh, what's that that song? The Bees song. Where yes, yes, where they are chasing down your dog or cat throughout the neighborhood. I I mean, I think that uh, we all have like our specific fears about what, you know, our specific situations, you know, I get packages at work, but you know, that's how I avoid the mailman coming to my door and my giant dog, like scaring him uh, to death. So it's, you know, everybody has their own fears. What I like is, you know, it's very, they're very specific about how uh, the people are going to open the door just slightly to put the package in, which I think is a great metaphor for like what Amazon is doing here. Cause they're, they're just like slightly opening the door to the idea of us uh, letting Amazon constantly record everything that's going on in our house and uh, with video and, you know, who's coming, who's going. So, you know, it's just like, that's what they've been doing with all of their products, just slightly opening the door. Okay, you know, we'll track what you're buying. Okay, you know, we'll, tr- we'll start listening to you with our digital assistant and, you know, figure out all these things. That's like, okay, they're, they're, they're letting us in the, in the door because it's not just for packages. They're also going to like dog walking services. They're obviously, you know, obviously yeah. trying to appeal. That's my, I mean, that's what I like the idea of letting someone in my house when I'm at work to, I don't know, fix the dishwasher or, you know, walk the dog or do, you know, do some service that I don't want to stay home for, you know, their window of eight hours to, you know, to wait for the cable guy. I'd rather be at work. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it's not available at my house, so I, I won't use it right away, but um, but weirdly, it is available five minutes away at the Twit studio. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll try it out here. I think it's interesting that Amazon is selling the 
camera just as a standalone device. I mean, and looking at the specs of it, it's very much in line with something like a Nest Cam, uh, maybe a little bit better than something like an Arlo. And they're doing the, the same thing everyone else is doing. You get, you know, 24 hours of clips for free. You can get up to 30 days of history if you pay. Their plans are a little bit more expensive than uh, than some other companies, but uh, it, it seems like everyone has you know, one of these, these cameras, whatever ecosystem you live in, you can find something that either works with HomeKit or with the Echo or with whatever. Uh, how, you know, I, I think with the, the Echo uh, look, you know, the one that's sort of about um, fashion, people had, had a lot of problems with that, with a camera being in your bedroom. How do you all feel about just a, a sort of generic home security camera from Amazon? I'm a little I'm a little bit worried about it. Um, I I have a security camera in the house and it's a it's a Nest, uh, only because I really really trust Google's expertise and the importance they put on security. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum are the thirty or forty dollar cameras that come from China, which the easiest way to make it easy to configure is let's just keep it completely open so that yeah. anybody can anybody who knows that it exists can tap into it. I'm sure that Amazon is doing a lot of work on security because that's, that's the biggest fail they could have in launching a brand new service like this, particularly one with so much potential. That so I'm sure they're taking security. Uh, in, I'm, I'm sure they're taking it seriously, but it doesn't give me that immediate. I'm sh- I'm absolutely sure they're not going to they're not going to screw this up during the first year. So I'll I won't be the first person to buy an Amazon security camera. Uh, it was, it, believe me, it took me so long to even get on board with having a Nest camera. Uh, but the advantages over the, my, I had a, like an old fashioned, like Ethernet plug in camera that I have to, like, program with my NAS in order to <laughs> access. Uh, and that, and, but I like the fact that no, unless somebody is someone, someone is already in my house and jacked into my network, they can't see this camera. Uh, a lot of this is the mental game of how do you get people to trust you to put a camera inside your house that's connected to the internet? How do you get people to trust you to put in a lock that can be remotely activated and deactivated without a key it's you can the tech you can beat on the technology from here to sunday a lot of your work is just going to be s- selling this idea that it is it is worth the risk uh, there's going to be risk with the your traditional lock there's going to be uh risks in not having a camera inside your house we are telling you that we have mitigated the risks of this technology and you will be happy that you got this a year from now uh i i'm, I'm right there with you i have a, a nest cam in my house i also have a, a logitech circle 2 um which is a really I, I really quite like this camera. It's a HomeKit enabled camera, um, but it can also work with the Echo Show um, to to you know pop up on that screen. I don't have one of those, but um, there there are like third party integrations that already exist uh, that work as security cameras and tie in fine with the Amazon ecosystem. So. I guess I personally am just like not in need in the first place of of getting um, a, a camera made by Amazon. At the same time, I think Amazon has done uh, a pretty fine job of creating a uh, network of products at this point, and you know the the main technology, the Echoes, the A L E X A enabled devices that they have uh, are pretty pretty awesome, and so. I, I can see Amazon doing 
a fine job in this, but I agree that um, this is still early on. Like of of all of the the tech to add to your house, uh, the last thing that. I'm sort of trusting of is a camera. And so it took time. To, even still, I sometimes like side eye my Nest Cam. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, I'm, you know, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the main area of my home. And so I'm only ever like walking past with a cup of coffee or something like that. Uh, but it's still like, hey, I hope that, you know, you're not on right now. And there's not some scary person on the other end watching me. Um, but yeah, I think that that you know, the, the, what is it? The echo circle or the spot? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, has a camera on it and I plan on using that as an alarm, um, f next to my bed and I'm probably going to put some gaffers yeah. tape over the top of that camera. Do you know that you, that people are actually selling commercial products of little black dots of various sizes on a, on a sheet just for blocking out like <laughs> webcams? I'm not. I'm not even joking. It's like I've, oh no, I've got and I've, I've I've got gaffer tape or a banana sticker or fruit sticker on every single device that I own so I could remove it. But yeah, it's that that's how much people are keeping their minds on this problem that you can actually buy it as a commercial product. Wow. Well, there's some other features of this, like the smart lock. If you read Amazon's description, it's like, well, you can let anyone, you can let guests in at certain times or, you know, someone just give them access to your home for a short time. And it's like any smart lock will do that, you know? So I think that if you already, if you're a much, as much of a, you know, an early adopter as you're, you know, willing to get something like Amazon key, you, pro you might already have a smart lock. And so then, you know, like I have a schlag smart lock, which I think I always pronounce it wrong because I pronounce it the way I like to pronounce it. <laughs> and, and this won't work with that. So, you know, I'd have to replace that in order to do this. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to expand the compatibility of hardware because maybe they don't, maybe a consumer doesn't necessarily try. They've never heard of this lock that Amazon is trying to sell you. Whereas if they, like, if you trust the wire cutter, say, well, here's wire cutters, uh, two years running, they've said that this is the most secure and the best solution. Why can't you just simply extend your compatibility list to this piece of hardware? Why do I have to buy what you're telling me to buy? Yeah, I, I'd imagine that it will continue to evolve if it's if it proves successful and i think that's their big hurdle right now is like are, are there enough amazon lovers to to do this you know we've talked a lot about this on download before i think amazon is generally pretty trusted by consumers and and some of their products are weird but you can just avoid those products you know this is definitely a a, a big step of, of faith and i think if if anything goes wrong in the early days it could really hurt this program's chances of of yeah. taking off, and there's and there's so much potential here. Uh, Megan was talking about how uh, uh, Amazon has plans to extend this to like a maid service or a dog walking service. You could you could easily imagine Verizon or Comcast signing up to say, yeah, we, we will let you let you let a let one of our installers in without having to again park your butt inside this house for the entire day waiting for a twelve hour window to elapse. I would love it if they were to not make it they they were to abstract it into a uh, uh, a a just a a lock 
that can be controlled by Amazon. So if I have a shed in the back, I could just simply put a, a, an acceptable lock on that shed. And along with my account information says there is a purple shed in the backyard, going to the backyard. And there's a, the, the, the lock has this like identifiable, like big orange dot on it to let people know, okay, here's where it is. Or I could say, I want this on the, I want this on the garage door, not on my, not on my real door. Or even I'm going to build this really good secure box that's bolted into the ground so that you can undo the lock with your, with the, as, as an Amazon delivery person, put this thing in. And then it will lock itself back on. It's nice to. It would be nice to give people that ability to control what kind of access people get. Because again, I've got. I'm lucky that I can unlock the front door without giving people access to my house. So I'd be interested in taking a risk like this because it's not that much of a risk. Other people have different problems. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a real good point. You know, hey, there's this other safety zone that through some authentication you can get into. That's not the house. I like that. Uh, well, we've got a lot more to talk about, but uh, before we do that, I want to talk about our next sponsor, and that is Ting. Ting is a mobile phone service that helps you save money. They want to save you money. It seems so foreign in this industry, but Ting believes that you should pay for what you use. And with prices like $10 per gig of data, the average Ting customer pays just 23 bucks a month per phone. If you're in the U.S. and use a cell phone, you'll love what the folk over at Ting can do for you. They don't believe in contracts, overage fees, or unlimited plans with a ton of catches. They have top-rated, no-hold customer support. And when you call Ting, you get through to a real human being. No robots, actual humans. They are focused on offering the best prices they can for their customers. And any savings they can make, they pass on to you. Some 80% of devices made in the last two years can come to Ting, and they support both GSM and CDMA phones. Ting even allows you to get the latest iPhone as soon as it launches, along with Apple Care. If you're stuck in a contract, Ting will offer 25% credit off your early termination fee. That's up to $75 per device that you bring to their network. To get started, head over to download.ting.com. And use Ting's handy device checker to confirm that your phone can make the move. And if you're looking to upgrade, they have plenty of options for you in their online shop. Listeners of this show can save $25 on selected devices or keep it as Ting credit. Again, head to download.ting.com to see how much you can save. Thank you, Ting, for their support of this show and Relay FM. So now it is time for a story you may have missed, a story that may have flown under your radar, but is definitely worth mentioning. Uh, the FBI has been talking about smartphone encryption yet again. After the San Bernardino case, uh, in which Apple was protected from creating a backdoor into iOS for law enforcement, FBI Director Christopher Way has been talking about a compromise. Uh, at the same time, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has been calling for what he calls responsible encryption. I'm going to put that in air quotes. <laughs> this may not really be a thing. It's unclear what either leader mean by this, uh, but clearly law enforcement agencies want a way into encrypted smartphones that would somehow leave the public at large uh, safe from device intrusion. The Center for Internet and Society at Stanford Law School have weighed in, outlining what a dangerous and technically rocky plan this is. Uh, a link to their white paper will be in the show notes. This is a complicated thing. You know, we've been talking about security devices for the last couple of minutes, and I know how I feel about it, but quickly, uh, do you guys do you guys see a way in which law enforcement can get in, but everyone else stays out? That that seems impossible to me. It doesn't seem possible to me the way they're talking about it. I think that um, 
if I might quote the Lemonheads, my favorite college band, it's a shame about Ray because he's talking about the expiration of Section 702 of FISA, the FISA Amendment, and that lets the NSA, of course, collect browser history and emails. And he says that, you know, it's uh, consistent with the Fourth Amendment, which I, no one's actually proven that. Um, I mean, the EFF has been fighting about this since, like, for almost a decade and I mean, I think it's hard and it always drives me insane when like the rhetoric drives me insane. It's always like, what about the drug dealers? What about the child traffickers? Save the children. And there are no real details about how like avoiding this, um, you know, hypothetical going dark has saved any children from child trafficking or has you know really stopped any drug dealers. So it's just so frustrating to me. I, I think they're I don't know what the answer is, but I can't stand this rhetoric. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's and I also really understand the frustration of law enforcement because this is uh, they. Uh, I, I've spoken to so many people at so many different levels of law enforcement over the years, and most of them are really dedicated to their jobs. They feel they 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 they, they do what they do because they know that they're protecting people from good people from bad people. And by bad people, we're talking about people who want to kill lots of good people. At, at very minimum. And so it's kind of terrifying to the idea, the imagining a future in which every single piece of communications is encrypted beyond the ability for any uh, member of law enforcement with whatever, after having gotten whatever warrant they needed to get access to it, can get access to it, but can't read it. Or uh, essentially the uh, people having the ability to uh, throw a letter into a fire, but still be able to read it, so to speak. You know, so that's mm. it makes it so difficult for them to do their jobs. Uh, so I sympathize with them. I don't think they're I don't think that they're going for an Orwellian future. I think that they want to do their jobs and uh, they're just terrified. They just don't know how they could do it in a in a worst case scenario where everybody has strong encryption. But I don't think I think that the, the at least in the United States, the relationship that we have decided to have between the citizens and the government makes it impossible for the government to impose that kind of a restriction upon uh, its citizens' communications. Uh, I, I have to admit that uh, I, an, un, <laughs> an absolutely unpredicted side effect of uh, the increasing uh, rhetoric and arguments about encryption has helped me to understand the mentality of these really hardcore gun rights people. Because if, I, I think of, uh, I'll be on a radio show or something and say, no, this is an important principle that if the, if the, the uh, an American citizen has the has the right to have a communication that the government cannot eavesdrop on, because that's our defense against tyranny. That's how that, that's what we were founded on. And I think to myself of the times I've been in a forum or in a conversation with a gun owner, we have guns because that that's what protects us against tyranny, including tyranny from the government. It's a fundamental right that's gone back. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not saying I agree with you now, sir. But I understand. I have more respect for your argument than I might have had at that New Year's Eve party in 1998. Uh, so it's it, it can't be done. So we're just going to have to figure out how to live in a world in which you just don't necessarily have the ability to eavesdrop on people. And I think the I think the solution for law enforcement is going to be, as it has been for the past many years, to crack these uncrackable <laughs> encryptions and not tell anybody about it. Hmm. <laughs> I think Andy and Megan both put it really well. Um, there's not much that I would add there. Uh, I, I have many of the same feels. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we have one last uh, topic this week 
But first, I'm going to tell you about our final sponsor. That is Squarespace. Enter offer code DOWNLOADFM at checkout and get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and much more. Maybe you need an online store, want to create a portfolio, or write a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about. You're not running around worried about what version of PHP or Apache you're running. It's all taken care of. They, they worry about it so you don't have to. Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab everything you need, including a unique domain name, and their award-winning templates are beautifully designed. Uh, They're all responsive, so you can show off your great ideas on any device. At Relay, we use Squarespace for our blog and our retail store. We just launched a big sale that's been really, uh, really easy to set up. It's very, it's a very complicated pre-order deal. And Squarespace merchandise, uh, their their e-commerce stuff, makes it really easy for me to go in and set all that up. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you, dear listener, can start a trial with no credit card by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code DOWNLOADFM, and you get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for download. We thank you, Squarespace, for their support. Make your next move. Make your next website. So we're going to round out this week talking about the iPhone 10. Apple had a press release a couple of days ago. Uh, saying that stock will be in stores and their retail stores and they're encouraging customers to arrive early. I guess the company wants those lines. There's also a story in Bloomberg uh, that reported to help speed up manufacturing. Apple had reduced the accuracy of the new Face ID system, that facial unlock that's coming to the iPhone 10. This, of course, builds on the rumors that Apple's behind on building their new phones, which could lead to massive back orders and long wait times. Apple replied to the story same day, which is uh, pretty out of character for the company, saying that the quality and accuracy of Face ID had not changed. It continues to be one in a million probability of a random person unlocking your iPhone with Face ID. Uh, they, they go on to say that Bloomberg's claim is, quote, completely false and that they expect Face ID to be the new gold standard for facial authentication. So pre-orders are tonight, uh, today's October 26th. It does seem like these things are going to be back-ordered uh, and that wait times may be a problem. And I, I'm, I'm curious how that plays into this idea that Apple wants lines uh, at their retail store. Is that a weird thing to, for Apple to admit that they want and to, to encourage people to form? Uh, how do y'all, how do y'all feel about that? What about, what about you, Megan? Well, I mean, I think that in the, like a year or two years ago, I can't remember if it was the seven or the six S they specifically said they didn't want people coming in, you know, they didn't want the line. So it's weird that they would change. Uh, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where like you can go down the rabbit hole of like, Oh, are they, are they just inventing all of this shortage stuff? So people get more excited about it. Like, is there really no shortage? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to be up at 12.01. I have already favorited it in my um, app, my Apple Store app on my iPad and uh, on my iPhone. And so I'll, I'll be hoping to get it just for the excitement of it. because, And also because my iPhone 8 is like as old as the hills. 
at this point. (laughs) I really need something new. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm also, I would also be excited to wait in line because, um, you know, it's sort of (laughs) retro. Also, you might get a chance to meet Steve Steve Wozniak. Oh, wait, no, he already said he's not buying an iPhone 10. But, yeah, I mean, Angela Rents, when she became uh, head of Apple Retail, that's one of the things she really wanted to get rid of, all those lines of people waiting uh, because it's, I think it's it's kind of tacky. It's, it's, it's not a very Woodstock hippie sort of thing to see people lining up to get a luxury, <laughs> a luxury item, uh, and it gets even worse when you have people who are being paid to wait in line to buy as many phones as they can possibly get to ship to overseas or to send to someplace someplace else. It was getting out of hand. It was getting really really messy. Uh, I don't and I don't think that this does apple much good uh it was cool it was cool in the first years when they're trying to get some sort of prominence in the market when they're getting people to accept the idea that uh, there is a phone not made by nokia or uh, or, or blackberry that was actually decent and wonderful and, and desirable but they already know that they're going to have they're going to be short on stock no matter how many they make practically and now it looks like they're going to be very short on stock so i think that at i, I think that in particular they would really not like to have people screaming and clawing and elbowing each other to get a at a limited number of phones at the at stores it's i don't think that it causes i don't think that's a that's a good visual for anybody um and i also am very sure that apple certainly it's uh, maybe maybe it's cool to have a, a b-roll of uh, all the long long lines for, for people who wanted to buy the iphone 10 on the first first weekend what they really really love is that press release the next week saying that we sold 11.1 million phones in the first 24 hours setting a brand new record for <laughs> for for humanity wanting something that they could not biologically process into energy inside their bodies so that that's what they really want if they could if they got people with money in their hands approaching the store they want to put a phone in that hand and they want to take the money out of that other hand so i don't i don't think that they really want those lines hmm interesting i it's an interesting uh i was talking to uh joe rosensteel uh about this earlier in the week and one of the things that I was sort of not thinking about at the beginning is like, you know, everybody who's going to be pre-ordering this evening, AKA tomorrow morning, um, then Apple would have to have a reduced stock available there so that they can also offer ones in stores because like you couldn't say, Hey, we're going to have these available in stores, but then everybody pre-orders all of the devices uh, using the you know the the app and online, and then it's like people go to the store and suddenly there aren't any there. So that means some of this initial limited stock is going to be only uh, available in in stores. One would think, and that's that's sort of concerning to me because um, I know a lot of people now like to do from the comfort of their home and don't want to go uh, stand in line or in the case of of, of uh, Andy's point to go in and, and swap i've got the i've got the money if you've got the goods style uh, <laughs> going and swap those two things um so i guess really i'm just being selfish and i don't want yeah. these stock being held back <laughs> for the stores so i could get my dog on phone yeah um maybe because well, you know maybe, oh, go ahead. No, I, was, I was just gonna say maybe we should just like be kind of lying to all the listeners saying that you should really not go to the stores you should try to order them <laughs> online and or oh by the way and i, I wouldn't buy the first generation anyway because boy there that face id is definitely not working it's that's what i've heard these rumors 
to tattle on my co-host Dan Morin, uh, since one of the bosses is here on this show, uh, we were recording Clockwise yesterday, and we were talking about how it's going to be 2 a.m. for me in Central Time and 3 a.m. Uh, for, what, Pacific, uh, and of course midnight in in. Oh, midnight in Pacific. You know what I mean. Anyway, my point is, he said, oh, no, it's 4 a.m., right? <laughs> and I was very, very upset <laughs> that uh, that joke was made. So, you know, as much as I want to be first to uh, get the device, uh, everybody should know what time that the, the phones are ready for pre-order. Uh, but, yeah, you know, go for the second generation. This first one, it's for the, the what do you call them again? The... Uh, early, early believers. believers. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm stealing that, I've, but I'll credit you. Yeah, I promise. Oh, that's that, that's fine. But that's something that it's a term I've been using for for a long time. I'm, for all I know, I'm not the first person to to come up with it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's we 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 have to we have to never forget that the all of us in this conversation and a good percentage of the people who are listening to a tech podcast, we're all mutants. We're not. We're, we're not like normal people. Normal people, like uh, more, uh, like uh, I'm. Uh, I get perspective on normal people with phones the way that I regard uh, like the Super Nintendo uh, Classic Edition, like the mini one that they had that Nintendo put out the the, the classic they came out with last year. See, I expect I can go to Walmart with eighty nine dollars and buy one, or if they're out of stock, they will have stock back in a week or two, and if I come back, I can again hand over eighty nine dollars and buy one. I'm not expecting that I have to set up some Google alerts for news about when pre orders start, <laughs> and they want to be one. One of the lucky few who gets to pay ninety dollars to get one of these, or pay like a two x three x markup uh, on on uh, uh, on Amazon or on eBay to get one. It's once you try to once it costs me more than money, once it costs me money and dignity, I start to reevaluate how much I want this game console, and I decide that maybe I just don't want it that much. So there's going there's always going to be the mutants like us who are going to be not not only not only, we we've already figured out that the Apple Store app is probably going to give you an edge over the website. Now we're saying we now we're 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 we're, we're going from one variety of heroin to the more intense version, say that. <laughs> We are going to pre-select the ones we want and make sure that's pre-preloaded. We're also going to make sure that we make a purchase of, let's say, a, a headphone dongle just to make sure that our credit card is set up and it's going to work correctly. And just we got calendar events for a minute, yeah, exactly, a minute after and a minute before and everything. And setting two alarm clocks and, and, and all four. I'm sorry, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm spinning down. I, I promise you. But and just take a, we have to take a step back and realize that we're going to all this work for the honor of paying Apple a thousand dollars for a phone in a market where a really good phone costs about 650 700 dollars uh, i don't don't remind me i don't know about you andy but i lost my dignity long ago like i'm willing to i'm willing to punch an old lady in the face if i have to in order to get this iphone 10 and i should mention that i'm not paying for it leo laporte is so um that's different oh well, that's good <laughs> Are you, are, you, are you referring to the legal fees or just the phone? <laughs> yes, yeah, all, the, of it, all of it. Nobody punches anyone for Thanksgiving turkeys anymore. It's only about devices. Yeah. This make is sure, ridiculous. Make sure you have the Apple Store app on your phone and also this app for your bail bondsman. Exactly. So. Yes. Yeah. No, that's why I want to order it online so that I don't have to push and punch any old ladies in the face. <laughs> 
that that's that that's not that sounded that sounded a little bit om- ominous you know i don't want that i should have to have to punch any old ladies in the face i mean i would hate for that to happen i'm saying apple it doesn't have to happen right. this way wait so steven are you did, did i just step over the line did, am i going to be invited back i don't know uh, well, uh, I guess we have to see how the pre-ordering goes. Okay. Really. Oh. Uh, so I think I think that does it for this week. Uh, looking out uh, into the next seven days, we have Halloween, and that means the end of those stupid, spooky Twitter names people use this time of year. Oh. I can't stand them. Thank you to my my guest. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Uh, I'm at twit.tv, um, host of Tech News Weekly and iOS Today. Um, you can find all those at twit.tv or you can find me at meganmaroney.com. Uh, I am at mummy sergeant on, no, I'm just kidding. I'm at <laughs> Micah sergeant on Twitter, or you can find links to all the stuff I do at chihuahua.coffee. That's dot coffee. Uh, I have the best security against people accessing my public social media feeds. I'm using a, a hard-to-spell Eastern European slash Russian last name as my ID number. So uh, if you can spell Anatko, I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T as in Tom, K-O, go to Anatko.com for my blog. Uh, go to Anatko on t- Instagram, Anatko on Twitter uh, for all that kind of stuff. And the stuff uh, about tech that I write for pay is at the Chicago Sun-Times site at suntimes.com. Well, thank you all for, for taking an hour to spend with us. Uh, I'm Stephen Hackett. Until next week, we'll be watching the headlines so you don't have to. Goodbye. Goodbye.